0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. What's
1: going on everybody? Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Thanks for joining us here on, a, uh, I almost said Thursday. It's Wednesday. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Big football game on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be absolutely paying attention to that one. Ridgeline hosting Skyview. But um, a lot of football and basketball news today happening. You know, As you've heard, the uh, Big Ten, they're going to have a football season this fall. It seems to be, over the last 24 hours, growing momentum. That the Pac 12 may also find a way to have some football this fall. Um, By the way, from the NCAA, the FCS, they're going to have, they've already figured some things out. They say their championship will be conducted from April 18th through May 15th with 16 instead of 24 teams. So, you can kind of set the calendar backwards from there teams can play up to 8 regular season games over a 13 week span and uh, the last regular season game cannot be played later than april 17th so the fcs that's weber state um in southern utah looks like they are they're not messing around with the debates about a fall schedule, they're all in on something in the spring. So does the Mountain West look at that and say, we're going to team up with the Big Sky with some non-conference games in the spring? Or do they follow the other power conferences and say, we're going to find a way to still play football in 2020, at least the majority of our games in 2020, so it doesn't adversely affect us too much for 21? Frankly, there is a pathway for them to play this fall. It doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense to me after everything that's the the latest developments, the latest information, the latest testing available, that the Mountain West could not find a way to play this year. I'm with you. If it gets pushed into next year... You're you're gonna you're, you're <laughs> man you're gonna struggle to have kids to to find that will be willing to play,
0: coaches who will be
1: excited to play. Uh, I think it'll be really controversial.
0: Yeah, I think it's this fall or no, none at all. It's got to be one of the two. Um, and I think in regards, to, I, I liked what two one nine seven had texted in earlier. Like, who are you gonna sue the NCAA? I just. If teams can't play, they can't play, but there's nothing, like, the conference can't do anything about that for you. I mean, they can encourage the governors to allow you to play, but like I said many times before, the conferences don't make a decision whether a school can play football or not. The government does. And while some have, some haven't, I mean, we still sit on California to wonder what's going to happen there. New Mexico's another team that could be out of the picture. So, we wait. We wait, which is a really, I don't know, how to. okay, let me ask you this, hypothetically, this is just, everybody, hold tight, this is just a hypothetical question, Eric, if the Mountain West Conference were to play football, they would need to announce it when, if, and this is a big if, I mean, capitalized, underlined, italicized, bolded, in a really fancy font, if, when would they have to announce that they could play football? Well, okay, so I'm pulling up my calendar here.
1: You're going to have, a, what, an eight-game season? Give or take, yes. Eight. Can't do anything more than eight, can you? you can't do anything more than eight. Would it even be eight?
0: No. Ooh. You'd play everybody in your
1: division and then a few from the other division. Oh, fetch. Now i got to look so at you my... You would play team. everybody. So, yeah, you'd, you'd do an eight-game conference only schedule
0: okay but one two three four five six seven eight get you through conference yep yeah
1: so okay let's say that's in say it's an eight week schedule or it's a nine week maybe there's a week in there that's a bye week or opportunity for makeup games so if that's the case um I think that you the the mountain West could be starting they could play but the sooner the better because you don't want to be playing games too too far into January but uh, uh, Halloween November 7th I think if it starts to get later into November you start having games that have to be played in early January and that's a ugh, that's a really daunting ask if you're in Wyoming yeah as and- you say. Anything
0: later than the second weekend. (laughs) Anything later than the second weekend in November, we're done. Like, it just can't happen. I just think it gets. It's got to be the first weekend in November. First weekend. You have to. If not a little bit sooner, if possible. I
1: I, I get it. It doesn't leave a lot of lead up time. I mean, we're September 16th today. And if you're going to go six weeks as a ramp up, do you need that much time? Because these. I mean, Utah State's been doing drills. Yep, They've been doing practices. I mean, it's more developmental stuff. But um, do you need a full six weeks? And if so, yeah, then you're right there. That's that first in November. So if the Mountain West is going to decide to do something. They got to decide, like, now.
0: now. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, within days. So speaking of uh, deciding now, how about the uh, NCAA's uh, basketball decision, Eric? We talked a little bit about it before already, uh, but the uh, NCAA basketball season will happen. I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, Andy Katz reported that the, uh, or excuse me, the Div- Division One Council has reported that the start date of college basketball season will be November 25th. Start of practice will be October 14th. Max number of games has been reduced by four to twenty-seven, and max number, or excuse me, minimum number of games can be thirteen. There will be no scrimmages or exhibitions, and recommendation for a minimum of four non-conference games. That's a minimum, which is actually kind of telling. If there, if, if that's a minimum, Eric, so you can have more. I guess. Games see, I here. didn't, I didn't see that the first time. It's a minimum of four non-conference games. So if you do get the three in Orlando, is that what it is? so would it be 3 plus 1 or is it three uh, all together? Do you know? If I looked at the bracket right, it looks like you'd have three guaranteed games. Okay? So you get four there and then you could get and then maybe you still get St. Mary's and BYU at your house like you had planned on. So, three on the road or in a neutral site to a home with a very sexy RPI That's that's a win for me. and Then you get right into conference play. That's that's what four to st- excuse me five to six games you get.
1: Well, how many games is a regular
0: Mountain West conference? They play to eighteen. I do now. You ask me that now. I got to look really quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, the I know maximum this is all
1: the maximum that they're saying is allowed is 20 or 27 regular season games, okay? So let's And the- you have to have a minimum of 13. So the maximum is 27, the okay. minimum is
0: 13. So here we are. We got And at least 4 non-conference games. All right. So we've got to see Air Force, Nevada, 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 13 15 17 18 and they played on December 4th, didn't they? Uh, against somebody. I thought they had a conference game in December.
1: Yeah, early December. They, they had did two of them.
0: Two of them. So what did I count already? 18? Yeah. So then 20 not, so twenty conference games. And they said 27, right? Twenty-seven's so the max. Oh, you're good. So you play so the 3-4. Yeah. to four. You get the two. You get St. Mary's and BYU on home like you had planned on. You go on the road to face... Uh, Maybe take one or two road games and you're set. You're absolutely set.
1: Nine three one five text in. So what games are Utah State going
0: to lose in college basketball? Exhibition games. Probably they had yeah, the a few exhibition of or the lower oh, level teams. Hey, you know what you do? You take we. You got that Weber State game at Weber State too. Keep that, right? Yeah, I would. I'd keep it. Yeah. You get Weber State by. So you go the road because you go on the road to Weber State. BYU at home, St. Mary's at home, three to four games. So if it's four, right? Because you have three plus the one, you know, uh, championship game or consolation game. We'll, we'll say four. Plus those three, that's seven games. You're in. Plus the twenty conference games, that's twenty-seven. There, I just did your schedule for you, Utah State. Go ahead, let it rip. <laughs> Make it an even. You're announcement. welcome. Uh, no, that's. I, mean, I I think that works out the best. Hold on, hold on. Brian Fisher is now tweeting out that to maximum of twenty five games.
1: Uh, Andy Katz uh, was record, this just got updated? Um, there's a lot more detail here. I'm uh, not seeing a maximum twenty five. Let's see three. Here we go. Three scheduling options for D1 men's basketball. Okay. Okay. 24 regular season games and up to three games in one multi-team event. Ah, oh, no. 25 regular season games and up to two games in one multi-team event. 25 regular <laughs> season games without playing in a multi-team event.
0: So they're not going to get
1: BYU. So Utah State is going to be in a multi-team event, which will have three games.
0: But that eliminates BYU, so, Weber State, St. Mary's, though.
1: Utah State will have... Twenty four games available to play. Freaking, dang it! Because the I'm looking at the bracket right now. Myrtle Beach has it gives you three guaranteed games. So Utah State has that would
0: be it then, huh?
1: Just uh, yeah, just a few. Not very many non conference opportunities after that. Then,
0: not many. They don't have any at all.
1: No, we have one. If you're playing 20 games in conference, you're going to be in a three-game tournament. You have one more non-conference game to add.
0: But if they play a fourth game in that tournament, no, it's it's a three-game guaranteed tournament. Ajay. I just no, but I'm I'm, I'm, okay. But you said it's a tournament bracket, right? It's a guaranteed three-game tournament. So there's no more games than three. It's not three plus if you make it to the championship game. It's is that, a guaranteed three games. I don't tournament. know what that. Okay, well, it means you're going to play three games. Okay, but does that mean that? Okay, that, does that include the championship game then? Or I mean, or is it just so it's two games? If you win those two games, we're in the championship for that is the third game. So they haven't filled it out for this year, but of course they have Let's haven't. say okay, I'm going to look at Utah. <laughs> so explain as an example. this to me like I'm a five
1: year old. Okay, Utah participated in the Myrtle Beach Invitational last year. Okay. Okay. Game one, they played Tulane. Uh, actually, sorry, let me flip this around. I'm going at the opposite direction here. Okay, so game one, they played Coastal Carolina. Okay. They lost to Coastal Carolina. So they go into the other bracket. Then they played Ohio. They lost to Ohio. No, excuse me, they beat Ohio. And then they go to the other game, the last game that they played. So this is a Thursday, Friday, and a Sunday. Um, And they beat Tulane. Excuse me, they lost to Tulane. Um, uh, Let's pick another team. Villanova. Villanova's a good team, right? Villanova won their first one. Villanova won their second one. Villanova won their third one. Three games in four nights. I don't see anybody on here who played more than three games in the entire tournament. Right? Okay, so so it's a three-game tournament. There are only
0: three games that get played. So I've got one more. So, Eric, the question now becomes, do you play St. Mary's at home, BYU at home, or do you go to Weber State on the road? I think you try to have BYU. BYU come to your house? Problem is, is does BYU have a schedule where it's just, because you know they have a saucy schedule every non-conference season.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. You got to Now everybody's got to figure out what their schedules look like. Who's participating in tournaments? Is BYU participating in a multi-team tournament? Is Weber State participating in a multi team? Yeah, tournament? now you
0: got to work around their schedules.
1: So if you only have one non conference game, now you got to look at everything else that you had and what's available. Why do they have to, they have to make that so confusing? Yeah, that's what. Hmm. Huh. Well, a transition period. Here's the other thing. We want to get to this. Transition period will take place from September 21st to October 13th between out-of-season activity and preseason practice. Teams may partake in conditioning, sport-related meetings, and skill instruction for up to 12 hours a week. Um, Skill instruction may not exceed eight hours a week. Athletes must receive two days per week during this period. So the the start date, it, it could start as early as the 25th. It doesn't mean all games will start on the 25th. Um, but uh, that's where basketball will start to take place.
0: Golly, my mind is moving at a mile per hour. Right NCAA now.
1: senior vice president of basketball Dan Gavitt says it's a grand compromise of sorts and a unified approach that focuses on the health and safety of student athletes competing towards the 2021 Division One basketball championships. So there you have it. That's what the Division One Council has decided. Uh, originally, it looked like there's going to be 27 games available. Now that's been clarified. And if you participate in a three-game multi-team event, you only get 24 regular season games. Now wait, here's, hang on now. I'm reading this the right way. You get a three-game multi-team event and 24 regular season games. So that three game multi team event does not count towards your oh,
0: other twenty four. Oh, there we go. So it's still twenty seven. Oh then we're good. Okay, yeah. Then you still get your three your gig. That's you why we Oregon. do radio and not like math and advanced statistics. Yeah, I failed math in college, so let's not even go there right now and I got a major headache. So here's the thing then, Eric. So you can still go so let me make sure then I heard right from you. You can still go to Orlando, play that three games guaranteed, and then get BYU at home, St. Mary's a home, go to Weber State on the road. And that's twenty six. What? What? We had another game though. What was it? I had another game in mind. Weber State, BYU, St. Mary's. All right, we'll go on the road for another game, I guess. Go, you get two at home, two on the road. I can't remember. They had another game that I heard about that they were going to go to a neutral site and play them, I and I can't remember who that was. Hey, if you're BYU, you want to play Utah State though, right? Or do you say, no, we've got a better schedule with something better than Utah State? I have no idea. I'd take Utah State. It wouldn't hurt them. No. That's a back-to-back Mountain West Conference tournament championship team. I would definitely take that.
1: So, yeah, you, you to reiterate, and then we'll move on, but to reiterate, according to the new council, that the decision that has been released from the Division NCAA Division One council that talks about uh, uh, basketball, men's and women's basketball, Utah State effectively will participate in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, which has been, according to some reports, moved to Orlando. And then they would have 24 games to play. On those 24 games, it looks like 20 would be conference games. So Utah State has four games to play with to try to find what their remaining schedule is going to look like. Okay. Yep, we're good. So now that that announcement is made, now you'll start to see schedules start to come together. Uh, Pretty quickly, too. Yes. Uh, The other thing that the Pac-12 has released a statement saying they've been working with the governors of California and Oregon And it's looking like they're going to shift some of their state rules to allow decisions to be made on more of a local level, which in turn would give more uh, flexibility for those Pac 12 schools to start practicing. Uh, Utah, Colorado, Arizona schools, they could start practicing today. There are no such restrictions that i'm aware of in those venues in those locations. Uh, the big concern in the Pac-12 has been California and Oregon. And for a time it was Washington too, but that's been relaxed. So it's looking like the big Tw- or the Big 10 made their announcement, now we could be a day or two away from an official announcement from the Pac-12 about uh, what they want to do. Now, there's still maybe it's going to be more than just a day or two to be honest because now they have to get together and devised protocols for the conference about testing what are the protocols in their individual communities but uh, it's looking more and more likely that the all-power conferences will be playing football in the fall
0: I saw that the max said you know what we're gonna we're gonna stick with spring we aren't going to fall're kind of sticking to their guns there which I good for that like more power to them good for them yeah. FCS looks like they're doubling down on the spring. Oh, they, you know, so they're not moving it either, right? Okay. Doesn't look like it. Well, good. This has been such a day. I'm telling day. you. And then if they get the local control
1: and the local advice that allows it, then they don't have to do those mental drills anymore. You don't have to practice in your VR headset.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah, you don't have to go through a mental exercise, which I still really want to know what the definition and the correct way to go through a mental exercise of going against a cover two? <laughs> I I want to see it happen. So if <laughs> we could get him on air, on Just camera doing that. Your that mind. would be wonderful as an example. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. Let's shift gears to the NBA. We'll take a quick time out here in the full court press. Some dandy of games last night. Uh, game one in overtime, a pretty dramatic finish, and then a finish in the Western Conference that. Not a lot of people saw it coming. I told you guys. I called it. <laughs> uh, sort of. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and we'll also look at the NBA uh, coaching vacancies. Which teams are the most appealing that are out there in the NBA? We'll discuss next on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at
0: 1069thefan.com. <laughs>
1: Eric France and AJ Salveson. Boy, what a what a news day today. Big Ten started it off. All kinds of weird things in the Pac-12. Now the Division I Council, in their decision on men's basketball, uh, the Mountain West issued a statement, which really wasn't a statement. It was just, hey, uh, here's something to say that, um, yes, we know things are going on and you're all curious about what we're going to do, but we have nothing to say. <laughs> it's basically what it said. Um, so we still wait to see if they can find a way forward like these other conferences have. Or do they go the way of the uh, FCS and stick to the spring? Uh, let's shift to the uh, the uh, NBA for a little bit. First, the all-NBA teams were announced today. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, unanimous selection. LeBron James, a unanimous selection. I
0: agree with both.
1: It's hard to disagree with that. Uh, James Harden got the
0: next number of votes. Uh, okay, Anthony Davis and Luka Doncic. James Harden's the only one I wonder on because as we go to the second team, I think someone should replace him. Luka Doncic,
1: one of the youngest to ever land yeah, on Yeah, no that surprise. First that guy's a baller. First
0: He's so good.
1: Uh, in the second team, Kawhi Leonard. Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Chris
0: Paul, and Pascal Siakam. Okay, so why is not either Pascal or Nikola Jokic switching Harden? Why is Harden on there? He's a prolific
1: scorer. Cool. It's his regular season, remember? Not taking into account and everything I in the bubble. I still would
0: have took Nikola Jokic over him. I still would have. I probably actually would have took Pascal Siakam over him.
1: I think that Jokic has absolutely elevated his profile in the NBA, in these playoffs. But I don't know if I can put him on the first team. Anyway, the third team, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Russell Westbrook. Rudy Gobert got one first-team vote, by the way. Uh, that is his third time being an all-NBA selection. Rudy Gobert, but no Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I'm okay with that. Donovan uh, did I- get some votes. He got one second-team vote and seven third-team votes. Only one player got a... Uh, lower score if you will based on votes than Donovan Mitchell and that was Kemba Walker
0: okay so I'm okay with uh with Rudy and Donovan or with Rudy being on it not Donovan again we're looking at regular season I want to took Donovan
1: yeah uh, Rudy because of what he does on the court and how he affects the game how many
0: games did he save for the jazz in the final minute a lot <laughs> with a block or a defensive play or you know a dunk it just yeah i i'm taking i'm taking Rudy over Donovan um chris middleton left off
1: Surprise. he technically had more points than russell westbrook and ben simmons but he was left off chris middleton had 10 second team votes and 52 third team votes by contrast Ben Simmons had nine second-team votes and 34 third-team votes. So how does Chris
0: Middleton not get on there, but Ben Simmons does? Yeah, I, I, I'm I with you. Ben Simmons gets way too much love. Way too much love. So does Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook's worthy of being on there. But I'd say Ben Simmons is absolutely not. Well, the problem Lynch?
1: is they classified Ben Simmons as a guard, and that's why you only have a certain number. You have to do two
0: forwards, two guards, and a center. Okay, well, in that case, I would take Donovan Mitchell over Ben Simmons.
1: Because for for uh, the other highest, the next highest scoring guard would be Bradley Beal at Washington, who had thirty two total points. Ben Simmons had 61 total points, but they've classified Ben Simmons as a guard and
0: Chris Middleton as a forward,
1: which I don't know if that totally makes hey, sense. Hey, was Joel
0: Embiid on that list? I, I might have missed his name.
1: Uh, Joel Embiid was not.
0: See, that's another one I probably would have thought of over Ben Simmons, by the way. I, I know, Again, I guess the guard thing doesn't matter. Yeah, that's by yeah.
1: position. Man. So basically, Rudy Gobert is the third best center in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I would say, well, yeah. That's what this says.
1: The number one center is Anthony Davis. The number two center is Nikola Jokic. And the number three center in the NBA is Rudy Gobert.
0: (laughs) God bless America. Uh, Did you catch those games last night in the NBA? My gosh. Okay, so can we start with Miami and, and Boston because this, I mean, I'm not sure which, which one I'm more shocked at, Eric. And I say that with honesty. Boston, again, having a chance up 15. I believe they are up 85-70 at one point. And were, I, I couldn't miss. Kemba Walker was just sizzling. Well, but, Marcus Smart started off just hot. Too. Yeah, and Jason Tatum caught on later on, too. But I was just so surprised at the way Boston was able to blow that lead and how hot Miami Heat got at the end of the game. And by the way, how about the block by Bam Bam? Oh, my word. (laughs) That was incredible. Oh, man. Well, Jimmy
1: Butler owes Bam Adebayo whatever he wants right now because he
0: had (laughs) horrible
1: defense. Jason Tatum got downhill, and Butler just played Ole defense, let him go right past him. Mm. And Tatum was in the air, above the rim, ready to flush that thing. And Autobio came from the other side of the hoop to challenge him at the rim. That was amazing.
0: Hey by the way, I, I look at the minutes again Brad Stevens likes to cook his starters till they are crispy. Uh, Jason Tatum 43. Walker and smart also 43. Jalen Brown played 44 minutes. Uh, Ogelais and, uh, and Williams had 10. Uh, Williams the third had 11 and Wanamaker had 25. Like uh, he's just not at all using his bench. And I think a majority of those ten minutes, if I'm not mistaken, were used in the first half. At least for Williams, it was.
1: Well, the Heat played a lot of minutes too. Adebayo and Butler played forty-three. Hero played forty. Crowder and Dragic played thirty-nine. So you basically got five guys. At Wait, 40 Hero minutes played forty.
0: Yeah. Didn't he come off the bench? He did. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's always fun. Yeah, I just, I was so impressed with the Heat's ability to come back. I thought I was supposed to pull the right strings at the right time. And then you go into over, like, as soon as that game went to overtime, I said the Heat are going to win this game. If you're the Boston Celtics and you blow a 15-point lead with, and and you blow it the way you do with bad defense, uh, and, I mean, no, no energy, I mean, it just the ball stalled offensively. And they usually stall in Browns, Tatum's, or Walker's hands. That's it. Like, Dice was barely getting any touches in the fourth quarter and in overtime. So when you're as predictable as that, and you have a lot of one-on-one matchup, dribbling matchup with Walker, it's just, it's going to be hard to score so much against Miami. And then give credit to Miami's offense. They hit some tough shots. I thought Jimmy Butler's corner three from the far side. Uh, pump faking and then have, still fading back and hitting it was. I thought Harrow's shot at top of the key was a tough one to hit. Uh, Crowder had a couple good looks that he knocked down as well. So give credit to Miami's offense. That's a big win for the Heat uh, to get a 1 0 lead on this Celtics squad. That's, that's huge. So this
1: series, Miami and Boston, it has two guys that are former Jazz guys. One plays for Miami, one plays for Boston. Now, one of them has not been active in this because he's got an
0: injury. Well, there's two for Boston. I know we forget about him, and we should, but Enos Cantor did play at one point for the Jets. Oh, that's true. I'm that's with true. you, though, because he didn't did play. use a draft pick on him. The thing is, though, Eric, is that Enos Cantor hasn't played, I think, since, like, early second round. He has seen no minutes at all. And I think that tells you a whole lot about what they think of Enos Cantor in Boston. Yeah.
1: Got to play some defense, bro. Uh, if only he liked the mountains more. So, do you find yourself cheering for those former Jazz no, guys? No, no. You find yourself cheering for
0: one over another? No. Do Do I like Crowder? I love Crowder. Jay Crowder loved Utah, and Utah loved Jay Crowder. I think the team loved Jay Crowder, and you saw that after he left. How and he? But if I heard, I think if I heard right, or if you know right. He was pretty heartbroken when he was being traded to Memphis. Yeah. Because he loved Utah. Yep. Um, His dad
1: played in Utah.
0: Yeah. so But I I don't really root for one guy or the other. It's just I hope the Heat beat the Boston because I'm just sick of seeing Boston there. And I'm sick of seeing Boston, period. I don't like Brad Stevens. I don't like Jalen Brown. I hate Marcus Smart. Like, give me Jimmy Butler. You can tell how much I hate Marcus Smart if I say I like... Jimmy Butler more than Marcus. That, that tells you everything you need to know, wow. man. I like Marcus Smart. What about you? He's are you scrappy.
1: are you rooting for uh, one Jasmine over another? I Actually, I'm pulling
0: for Jay Crowder oh, because
1: he left and he's, he loved his time here. He has never bashed Utah, whereas Cantor and Hayward turned their backs on Utah.
0: Yeah, Cantor, uh, or I guess Gale's probably still waiting for a phone call from Gordon while he's sitting out. Hey, when he come, is he out of the bubble? Because I didn't even him on the bench. Is he out of the bubble?
1: I think he did leave the bubble.
0: So he's got to quarantine when he comes back. Then I believe for that's four the days. Case. I'm not entirely sure though. Unless his wife doesn't let him. No.
1: She wants some daddy time.
0: You gotta take a nap first.
1: Uh, the so uh, granted, it's one game. It's hard to predict what the whole series is gonna look like after one game. <laughs> But uh I think we're gonna see a great series.
0: I, this has seven written all over it if you're me. So it's gonna go long. Yeah, this one and this is gonna be a it's phys- gonna be another physical series. You've seen these Eastern Conference Final Series, whether it's Toronto and Boston or Miami and Indiana, they have been knocked down drag out fights, and that's the case here. But again, Eric, when you're Boston and you're up by thirteen, um, or excuse me, up by fourteen in the final quarter, going in the final quarter and you get outscored 35-23 to in the final quarter, and you let them go on a run that they did, you deserve to lose that game. Deserve it, absolutely.
1: Uh, The other game of the night, wow. Uh, Who are we to doubt the Denver Nuggets? Any of us. They enjoy it. This is a team that, going back to last year, they have faced elimination- how many times? Six games now? Six games this year. And then and they had about
0: that many I last year. I was gonna year. say about that many last year, yeah. So it's old hat for them. They're very comfortable. But, but they this don't is get tired man. This is you're down three games to one to the Utah Jazz, and then you're down sixteen in game five. No big deal. You come back, you win that game. Game six are in a knockdown drag out fight with the Jazz. Come back and win that one. Then you take care of business in game seven. Then, not only that, but you're now down just not only three games to one, but you're down 16, 18, and 15 in games five, six, seven. Or uh, not 15 in game seven. Sorry, I think you're down 11 or something You're like down that. like 11 or 12. 11 or 12. Yeah. But, you're, uh, but, Eric, you're down double digits the last three games, and you come back in an elimination with your back sitting at the front doors for the bellman to load onto your plane or bus, and you tell them, put my bags back, we're staying here for another night. Three straight nights, and now you're going to the Western Conference Finals. And I'm so sick of people on Twitter saying, well, I guess LA's going to have to sweep them. I'd shut your mouth until you know that you have them down and out. Until you win four games, I'd keep your mouth shut. (laughs) This this Denver squad just keeps defying the odds. Hey, how about... uh, McCollum and uh, Lillard having their little Twitter banter yesterday, last night after the game. I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see this? Okay, so <laughs> I got to read you this. This is, oh, this is good. I got to find it here. Um, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are tweeting to each other about Paul George after the game. Now, there was rumor, Eric, if you remember, right, during that little uh, delay with the protests and such, that the Clippers were like, hey, we don't want to be here. All right, we don't want to play. We're going to go home.
1: Yeah, it looked like both the Lakers and the Clippers were among the most vocal about heading home.
0: And it was, (laughs) it was CJ McCollum said, man, I knew the guys had their bags packed, but not this way. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's bad. Uh, That is so bad by the the Clippers. And and look, we're going to, People, the national media, Eric, is going to talk about how bad the Clippers choked. Yes, I agree. They choked. And I don't use that word often. I used it against the Warriors, 73-9. and I used it against my 07 Patriots when they lost against the Giants. Uh, I I used it against the Braves when they were up 2-0 against the 98 Yankees in the World Series. And I use it today. That the Clippers choked. But when are we going to start giving credit to the the Denver Nuggets and what they did? No kidding. I mean, Eric, this is three straight nights of just, or three straight games of greatness from Jokic and Murray and Grant and the rest of the squad. But aside from Murray and Jokic, Eric, where would you give your credit to on the Denver side to be able to advance to Western Conference Finals?
1: Well, I think they got some, some really big help from Harris. Um. I think that uh, even though he's been much maligned for some of his comments, I think they've Michael Porter Jr. kind of
0: Do you have came his around in line- a
1: different way. He didn't score a ton in game seven, but he had seven rebounds. Did he play
0: a ton of minutes? Uh, he played 15. Not as many as he usually plays. Did he start? No. Huh. No, He's he comes off the bench. He was starting though, wasn't he, or is he just playing starting minutes at one uh, point? Playing starting, starting minutes. minutes. I uh, I've just been so freaking impressed with these. And and by the way, how about that pass from Jokic up sixteen late in the game over the head, not Behind even the back, looking at the not You're like backwards. looking at the opposite side of the freaking court, and he's like, oh, I think Murray's there. Here we go. And then how about Murray's three on the on the uh, on the. Pivot and handoff, right off, wing, going from left, to, yeah, going from left to right to the right wing, and then pulling up from freaking Mars, fading away, by the way, and then hitting it.
1: Yeah, he's struggled in the series, and it makes sense. I mean, the Clippers can send all oh, athletic him, defenders, multiple guys, one after another, and he struggled to get loose. But last night, he went for forty.
0: That, away. that Clippers
1: team just did not look in sync at all in the second half. Okay, so now
0: let's jump over to the Clippers' side, Eric. <laughs> Playoff P became way off P. He became bandemic P. But Kawhi Leonard was so disappointing to not score in the fourth quarter is so horrible on his part. How do you not score in the fourth quarter? Six of 22 for the game.
1: Only 14 points. Paul George, 4 of 16. 10 of 38 between the two of them. That is so unacceptable. What I thought was interesting is multiple guys afterwards, for the Clippers, multiple guys commented about chemistry.
0: Okay, so is that a cop-out, or do you think they're actually talking real here? There was a blow-up on the bench. I believe it was in game two. I remember that. But you think it actually like lingered into Game Seven, though? I mean, you're up three games to one against the Nuggets for a chance to go to the Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. I think
1: it was making itself evident in Games Five and Six, besides Game Seven. There's, I mean, that team just kind of lacks some leadership. It puts it all on uh, on Kawhi Leonard to be the guy. He's a great player, perhaps one of the best two way players in the NBA. Offensively and defensively, but he's not like a vocal leader. He benefited from that when he was in San Antonio. He benefited from that when he was in Toronto with Kyle Lowry. But who's that vocal leader with the Clippers? It's not Paul George, it's Patrick Beverly. He's a loudmouth. But is he your vocal leader? A lot of yeah. trash talkers on that team, but how many are real leaders? And I think that's that's part of the thing that kind of came up with this team. It became more exposed and they started getting on
0: each other and things got tight and they started missing shots. So then here's another question for you. You got to look to the future now, off season. Do you make changes here of any sort? Because you're deep. You're a very deep basketball team and you go to this and you're up three games to one versus Denver, a team that you're clearly more better than, and you lose three straight games with three straight double-digit leads. What needs to happen? Uh, That's a good question. I I thought that how
1: they defended Jokic earlier in their season changed to how the series changed to how they defended him later in the season, and in the season, not season, in the series, and Jokic just... Got better and better as the series went on. They used Zubach less and less, which blew my mind. They they abandoned the Utah approach and went to a different uh, you know, double teaming him, which gives him a, a bigger area of to, to throw the passes to more guys. He's going to find guys that are open. Yeah. So yes, I think some changes should happen. I think there will be uh, changes in their lineup for sure. I think that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are still there.
0: Okay, so do you but, get a point guard with leadership then? Because they don't have one. Well,
1: that's the other thing too.
0: They just don't have a floor general, a, a point guard. And I know it's heavy, and I and it's probably unaffordable. It would at least it it costs you a lot. Put you in the put you in the luxury tax penalty. And maybe cost you a couple guys. Do you try to go after Chris Paul? If you're the Clippers, yeah, probably not. Okay, that ship has sailed. Okay. I know it's $43 million of baggage, but, dude, he's got good leadership skills, and he proved it in Oklahoma City. Like, I don't, man, that's hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to ignore. Hey, by the way, really quickly, before we go to break, um, someone tweeted out something really, really good, I actually. Have to, it, uh, it's Biscara, I don't even know how to say his name. I'm not even going to try to say his name anyway. Uh, he tweeted out this. <laughs> Sam Presti... GM for the Oklahoma City Thunder took Chris Paul Danilo Gallinari SGA and seven first round picks along with the right to swap four four first rounders for Eric five less playoff games than the Rockets and seven less games than the Clippers that's not bad it's a good haul for the Thunder it's a great haul from the Thunder Yeah, they're going to be good in the future. It'll take some time, but they'll get there.
1: So the question is, who coaches there? Is that a good coaching vacancy? Uh, There's six vacancies right now in the NBA. Which ones are the more appealing? If you were a prospective head coach in the NBA... What is the, the the best destination right now? Which destination would you want to stay as far away from as you possibly can? Your answer, will because surprise there are me, by a the few way. on this list. Yeah,
0: your answer will surprise me. We'll talk about it next. On the full court press, the Aggies, jazz, high schools, even the Pee Wee's T-ball
1: team. It's the full court press on Sports Talk Radio. The fan. When we're all clicking, we're all when we're making shots like that and playing defense together. You know we're. We're a top four team, top three team in the league, and uh, we're trying to prove to be the number one. And you know, we got to go into the Lakers and uh, fight that series. But you know, we we've, we've been doing this. I don't know how many times. You know, we got to prove it over. You know, we we've, we've been doing this, and we have the talent to do it. And uh, we're going to go get better. MBJ's MBJ's not even starting yet. No, Will's not even here. So, like I said, we got a squad, and we just believe in each other, and we know we can go out there and win it. That's Jamal Murray after their game last night, the Denver Nuggets knocking off the Clippers. Nobody has given this Denver squad much credit for what they've done this year and the postseason. It's always the how the other team messed up. It would include the Utah Jazz. But, uh, yeah, boy, you have to give that Denver team credit. Uh, while the Clippers may be struggling with chemistry, you can clearly tell the Denver Nuggets do not struggle with
0: chemistry. No, man, it, it, and that's what happens when you get into a foxhole, Right. That's what happens when you're down three games to one and you have your backs against the wall for... Two years in a row. Yeah, two years in a row, but for like the last, what, five weeks? I mean, it seems like it's five weeks, my heavens. But that's what happens. You get together, you bond closer, you're a little bit, you know, you're you're in it all together. And that's what happened to this Nuggets team. And now they're relying not just on Jamal Murray, not just on Jokic, but they're relying on guys like Grant, relying on guys like MP Jr., even though he opened his mouth when he shouldn't have, Harris has been a big, big boost much bigger than I thought he would be. Well, Millsap not may not be scoring a lot of points, he's still making a lot of really important plays The on defense. Offense, the and defense. Def- well, the defensive side has been absolutely massive for him. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and him getting after Morris uh in game 6 kind of lit a fire underneath that Nuggets when they were down 14 and uh you know, he saw a double technical come out and then all of a sudden Nuggets just go off. So yeah, you're right. Paul Millsap and again, Eric, that's leadership.
1: That's veteran experience. Yep, it's true. All right, so there are a number of vacancies still in the NBA. A couple have been filled. Brooklyn has been filled. New York has been filled. But there are still six openings throughout the NBA. Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Houston, New Orleans, Indiana, and Chicago. Ajay, from that list of six, if you are an aspiring head coach, what place would you do anything to be the head coach in that in that city with that NBA franchise? Wait, what would you asked what
0: would be the most attractive spot? Yeah,
1: which would be the most attractive destination among those six? Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Houston, New Orleans, Indiana, or Chicago?
0: I'm going to say Oklahoma City. Dude, they've got some, young, you got some young cats, a good veteran leader in Chris Paul, uh, and a bunch of really good-looking first-round picks. And you can swap a few of those, too. Like, if you can play the draft board right, and you're going to be young, and you're going to take your lumps, you're going to take your bruises, but if you can run it right, unlike Philadelphia has done, you could be a major contender here in a couple years when finally LeBron is out of the way, which would be really nice. And maybe the NBA atmosphere changes. Kevin Durant's maybe not in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. Maybe Clay's not with Steph Curry and Golden State. Things may be shaped different. and Maybe you have a little bit more to offer and a little bit more to compete with. See, I'm going to say Indiana, okay. because I think they've got some really good
1: young stars. They've got a good core there. Uh, they're in the Eastern Conference. Your opportunity to win is going to be greater in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I just think that they've got some upside with that with that franchise. What concerns me about Oklahoma City is that here's a team that went to the playoffs, exceeded a lot of expectations, a guy that was in the running to be the coach of the year, and they fired him. So what does that tell you about what you're going to be walking into? I would be concerned about that.
0: What is the least attractive destination for you? Uh, I would probably say the least attractive would
1: be Chicago. Chicago. Just because it's dysfunctional. There is nothing there. It's, you don't have a lot to work with. All you the have dysfunctional
0: front office. And you don't have like a great draft pick to bargain with either. Like You are in deep doo-doo over there. Yeah. Probably my second choice would be New Orleans. Really? Why? I think you got some
1: young talent. I think they've made some changes with their front office. And uh, I think there's some upside there in New Orleans. Houston, yes or no? Uh, that'd be tough. Big market, wealthy owner. Um, you've got stars to work with, but I don't know if you can continue their, that same philosophy.
0: But yeah, you got to fix it. You yeah, change I'm with you on things. that one. Uh, hey, by the way, Bradley Beal is the first player in NBA history to average at least thirty and six and be excluded from an All NBA team. Ooh! Yikes! <laughs> that's brutal.
1: Sometimes that's what happens when you get tucked away on a bad team. For yeah, people forget about you.
0: I uh, I look forward to seeing what this is going to look like. What, what the coaching character I mean, Sam Cassell is obviously a good candidate.
1: Yeah, does Tyrone Liu get another chance? No, I was going to say, I
0: think Liu a great candidate. Uh,
1: does, uh, what's her name? Becky Hammond at San Antonio? She should get
0: an opportunity. I understand that she was going to be interviewing at Indiana. She should. And I, I think she's a. I Tim Duncan has a ton of respect for her. Does Mike you D'Antoni go somewhere else? And does he still. A, Billy Donovan. Does he go mad scientist
1: again? Does Billy Donovan stay in the NBA or does he go back to college? He wants to stay pro, right? Maybe. Maybe he sees this as an opportunity to go back to the the, the, uh, (sighs) NCAA. I'm
0: sure you want to. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.